That was Nathan Evans with a favourite sea shanty. There once was a ship that put to sea. While traditional distillers of rum mostly use molasses, a byproduct of the sugar industry, up in the Tweed Valley of northern New South Wales, they do things differently. Quentin Brival, Caribbean-born, has, so to speak, rum in his blood, and he explains to Graham Kimlow they're producing special rum at Husk Distillery that's made only from cane juice, with a philosophy they call farm-to-bottle. Sorry, they even speak about the terroir, evident in the way they make both aged and clear rums. They've even got one with botanicals to appeal to gin drinkers. Uh, Quentin, welcome to Travel Writers Radio. Thanks for having me. Your head distiller at Husk. Husk's a new name to some of us. Tell us a little bit about Husk and why it's different. Yeah, so as you said, one of the, the main difference there is we are a farm to bottle distillery. So we are a farm that grows its own sugar cane and then we turn that sugar cane uh, into rum on site. So we're able to control the whole process and we like to say we are farmers and distillers, which is, you know, very unique in the world of spirits, not only in Australia, but in the rest of the world as well. And pretty much what that gives us is a very good control of our process, um, the ability to create a very premium and quality product, and also to have, and that was very important for us, um, a very strong link between our products and the lands where we grow the sugarcane, the people that make it, and the culture of this place. So it, it's, a, it's a bit of a philosophy for us. Um, everything that we make, we, we, we try to always have that idea in the centre of it. Uh, if someone was a rum drinker, could they pick your tweed grown rum from something, you know, maybe another town? Bundaberg's one that comes to mind, but c- is there a difference? Definitely, you know, and it's got its own character. And, and um, we have um, another big difference with our product is that we use the fresh cane juice to make it. Now, just uh, without being too technical, more than 95% of the rums out there are made from molasses. Bundaberg, for example, is a rum made from molasses. Right. Now, molasses is a byproduct of the sugar making process. So the, the old product that starts from sugar cane, but instead of using that molasses, we're going to use the fresh cane juice to make our rum. And that difference makes that our flavor profile is going to be very different from other rums, very unique. And because that fresh juice, you know, hasn't been really processed, it's just that can that we squeeze, extracted the juice. We have a very strong taste of that land, a very strong taste of the varieties that we grow here. Uh, and that's what we like to call provenance or terroir, like the French uh, say in the wine world. Um, so a very strong link there. A very interesting concept. And obviously it is a major point of difference for you. Yeah. Now, how many types of rum do you make? So rum is a very versatile category. There's a lot of different rums out there, but I would say there's, there's three main ones. The first one is an age, or that's what people call white. And that's a product that is going to be clear uh, and usually hasn't touched any wood for aging. Then you've got your age spirits, and that's what usually is that golden sort of color. And that 
products that, that is wrong that I spend uh, a certain time in a barrel to edge and pick up color and flavor. And then you've got um, a sort of a newer category that a lot of people know by now, which is the spice rum category. And in our case, that's aged rum that um, we infuse with whole spices to add additional flavor to the final product. It's like um, liquid plum pudding, is it? Yes, and it's delicious. <laughs> delicious. Okay. Oh, that sounds good. Well, people who like botanicals in their gin would probably enjoy enjoy that, yeah? Yes, definitely. And that's why I like to say that there's always a rum for everyone here um, because, again, it's a versatile category. Uh, and at Husk, we really try to, to, to offer different flavor profiles so that everyone could find their rum. We even have a rum for gin drinkers called Botanic, which is an unaged rum um, redistilled with botanicals to sort of establish a bridge between the gin drinkers and the rum drinkers. So okay. um, rum is a fantastic product and you just need to find the one that you like. I can't help but detect you've got a bit of a Caribbean accent, haven't you? Oh, definitely. So I was uh, born and grew up in the Caribbean, so okay. uh, pretty much was uh, born in rum. Yeah, I was going to say, you know about it. So how did you come to Husk? Yeah, well, it's been a very long process, but, um, uh, you know, there's a very rich history around rum in Australia. We've been making rum uh, for over 200 years now, but for a very long time, there hasn't been a lot of choice. So when I arrived in Australia about eight years ago, um, I was a bit distressed. I was like, ah, oh, there's not a lot of choice here, you know, and I was used to all those beautiful rums from the Caribbean and couldn't find them. But what happens over the past few years is that we've had um, a very exciting time where consumers started to ask for new product, premium products, new flavors. And at the same time, you had uh, new craft producers starting to make, you know, a new modern Australian rum, like Husk, for example. And that's over, you know, the past sort of three years, multiplied the number of rums available by a lot. And then now you've got that very exciting um, sort of industry producing rum so that's what drew me into this rum scene in australia is is that will to create an exciting industry and to offer the consumers what they want which is good quality rum and more diverse flavors there is a little bit of a move towards uh, non-alcoholic beverages at the moment are you doing anything in that space with the sort of the flavor of the rum without the alcohol or is that not a possibility Yes, there's definitely a trend there, but I believe, you know, most consumers who are after rum definitely want the full experience, want to try their rum. Um, we've always promoted, um, you know, drinking of rum responsibly, yeah. Yeah. definitely. On all of our bottles, we always write... Um, uh, drink less, enjoy more, yeah. and that's pretty much our motto here. It's like, just, just you know, drink less but buy better quality spirits, and and, and try what we do, and just learn how to appreciate it uh, as you would appreciate a good wine, you know. Right. So it's all about education for us. Okay, and you've got rums sort of at different price points, yeah. Definitely. So there's a rum again for everyone and you've got your entry-level rums just to, you know, discover all what it has to offer and you've got your sort of high-end um, age for many years rum uh, that are there to be appreciated, that are complex, that you just sip on and contemplate if you want. Now the media release that came out from uh, 
from Huss suggested that there'd been a 20% market growth in Australia over the past decade in, in rums, up from uh, 21 brands in 2012 to 48, and uh, 38 products to 111. That's a huge growth. It is a huge growth, and again, driven by, on one side, producers really eager to, you know, make good products and um, offer that to the consumer, but also consumers just asking for more products, you know, and for too long, they, they just haven't had the choice. So all of a sudden, they can try new things, they can explore this, this hugely diverse category, and that's what they're doing. So very, exci- very exciting time for rum, and people are realizing that rum is a bloody good drink, and then uh, they just want more of it. Principally, uh, you're selling here in Australia, but any chance you can send rum back to your, your family and friends in the Caribbean and have them enjoy it? Well, as you know, Australia is very far away from anywhere else on Earth, so it's always a challenge to send anything overseas. But uh, we just actually came back from uh, France and the and the UK and made some of our husk rum. We made a few people try it over there, and uh, the response was really encouraging. People really liked it. So um, uh, it's not impossible. Let's say you know from 2024 next year uh, that you'll be able to buy your bottle of rum in uh, Europe, for example. Now, if people here want to buy it. Obviously, it's in the major bottle shops. Yes, definitely. So our main products um, are quite easily available. Uh, you can quite easily find them in the big uh, major retail chains such as Dan Murphy's, BWS and so on. But all of our more limited releases, or if you are really interested in, in, in the, the more interesting SKUs that we make, uh, you could definitely head to our website, huskdistillers.com, and first learn more about our story, how we make our beautiful rum, but also have access to our unique releases. Now, we're about travel, so what about people who want to come and see for themselves what you do there at the distillery? Is that, well, is that an option? Oh, it's definitely an option, and I would say um, it's it's a great idea and the best idea to really understand what this new rum trend is about because we are on this beautiful farm. You can come here, have a little bit of food, have beautiful drinks, um, go for a little tour around the place, see how we make the products, uh, see how we grow the sugarcane, and really gain a very strong understanding of, of, of how good rum is made and the difference between husk rum and other rums people may have tried before. So we're only 20 minutes south of the Gold Coast Airport, so it's definitely very easy to get to us. What's the name of the town? town's got a bit of a funny name, especially for for a Caribbean person like me. It's called Tumblegum, but it's a beautiful town just on the uh, the riverbanks of the Tweed River there. On the New South Wales side? Yeah, on the New South Wales side, just south of the border, New South Wales, Queensland. Fantastic. Well, Quentin, thank you so much for your time and good luck with the rum making. Oh, thank you very much. Head distiller of Husk, Quentin Brivell, speaking with Graham Kemlo. For more information, go to huskdistillers.com. That's all one word, Husk Distillers. Rita, it was brought to my attention what's happened to tipping in restaurants, I think, more particularly than just cafes, since the advent of tap and go. Now, in the old days, we either had the credit card that was crunched by that machine that swept back and forward over it, and we then were presented with some carbon copies, press hard, they'd say, and you had a spot to write your tip. Now, that's all gone. The other night at a restaurant, they just took my card, tapped it away and, and said, 
thank you very much. And I didn't wasn't offered the chance to give a tip. Now, I, my understanding is this is upsetting the wait staff, some of whom were taking three to four hundred dollars a night home, possibly in cash, from a job in a good restaurant. What what's your take on this, Rita? Oh well, for a start, cash has almost disappeared. And that happened during COVID when nobody was handling anything. So cash has disappeared. The technology changes. I was, uh, the restaurants I've been going to have allowed space for a tip, if you want to, when you tap into the machine. Otherwise, if you want to leave a tip, do, is my advice to people. It will be put on your card You can leave a cash tip if you like, but restaurateur I've spoken to say it is just much easier managing things on on card rather than with cash. How how do we know that the waitstaff get that? We don't, and we didn't know that they got the cash either, if we're honest, because tips were often shared. It wasn't that the the waiter put that money in his or her pocket necessarily so we are dependent on good management to to be sure that people get what's due to them